The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Fill her up! You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the f*** up. <laughs> You're listening to Believe You Me with Michael the Count Bisbing. You know my name yet? And Anthony Lionheart Smith. Okie dokie. Diddly pokey. <laughs> Diddly pokey. <laughs> Diddly pokey. What's going on, Anthony Smith? I just asked you that a second ago. The reality is we're both tired. So tired. I'm tired. It's not a competition, but I think I'm more tired. You, you might be because you drove back, but I, uh, man, I didn't get any sleep. I'm so, you know, here, here's, I'm just going to complain for a second. We get these. Complain. That's what they Thursday. want to hear. That's why people tune in because they want to hear two entitled assholes that have turned their <laughs> life around, bitch, about how hard it is. Oh, this, it's tough though. Like just balancing life and kids and travel and working. And, but I try to get home as soon as possible. So that I don't miss the entire Thursday by traveling. Yeah. So, but then I leave at six a.m. The flights are all messed up, so I have a connection. I gotta go to Phoenix, but then we don't wrap until one a.m. And then I get back to my hotel, I pack, and then it's like, well, there's no point in going to sleep because I'll miss my flight. I'll sleep right through because yep. I'm exhausted from the whole week. So then I'm like, I'll just stay up. Well, then I'm on no sleep. Then I get home thinking, oh, I'll catch an hour nap. No way. As soon as you hit the ground, you're running. You're right into family shit and kids, and so then I'm. You know, I'm just up until midnight last night on like whatever I was able to sleep on the plane a couple hours. And then we're and then Mondays we're right back at it. You know what I mean? It's just we're we're rolling right away. I was in Vegas all last week, doing burning the candle at both ends, you know, doing the YouTube in, doing the podcasting, doing the actual work I was there to do, <laughs> first and <laughs> yeah. foremost. You know, drove back yesterday, got back late last night, well about eight PM. Do this podcast. And then I'm going to drive straight back, straight back. And I did that just so I can come home. Because everyone's like, why didn't you stay? And I'm like, well, I want to at least see Lucas for a day. You know what right. I mean? Because I'm here in Vegas all week. I'm going to move on to the massive fights which happened in Vegas. Because you don't want to hear this. I've been in Vegas all week. I'll drive back Saturday night straight after the event. So I can have Sunday and then Monday or Tuesday. Fly to London. Be there all week. Come back for a day. Fly to San Antonio. Do that for a bit. Man. Come back. At least you'll have fun in San Antonio, though. That place is kind of I've fun. never been. I'm not a Texas a, boy. I'm telling you, San Antonio is a fun place to be. I'm not there to have fun, Anthony. I'm there to do a very serious job. And then when I get back, I go off to France for a month to do a movie. I never see oh my, my family. Oh, my gosh. How do you still, do it? Movie oh, well. star. Oh, well. Shut up. <laughs> um, got to pay the bills. Got to pay the bills. Dude, I get um, it. So, we know what all went on at the weekend. Johnny Bones Jones became the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world um, in very, very impressive fashion. Now, yeah. quick announcement before we move on. We have John Bones Jones' next fight on deck, Steve Miocic, International Fight Week. But first, he'll be joining this podcast in about 45 minutes or so. So, don't go anywhere. Otherwise, I'll set Anthony Smith on you. Um, <laughs> We both picked John to win the fight. 
You picked John, right? I did. I did. Yeah, I, I think you'd have to be pretty dumb to go the other way. There was a possibility yeah. that Cyril Garn could have caught him, could have knocked him out, and that was a real possibility. But I don't think anyone saw it happening that fast. No, no. I even if I would have, if I would have, if you would have said perfect, perfect scenario, John Jones goes in and wins, and it's exactly the way he wants it, and it's perfect. How do you think it goes? I would have told you he's going to play around on his feet a little bit. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna figure out it's probably 50-50 up there. And then he's going to work his way into a takedown, grind him on the fence, maybe get a takedown, uh, and maybe get a finish there. But I thought it was going to take a round, two rounds, three rounds to, to settle in. I did not see it happening like that. I mean, no. you know, it, I think this goes to credit John's his his. You know, he talks a lot about watching film and finding tendencies and and, and all that stuff. And and you know, I was talking to Ariel earlier today. And he said, well, you know, was it just a, you know, was there some luck there or what do you think happened? Sterile gone did something that he does all the time. He throws that, that, that real hard backhand and he does follow through. He overextends it a little bit and steps through Presents it. the lots. He does. And, and, and you like, shoot in and you shoot in, you know, like John and typically John retreats or he, or he, or he uses his movement and, and, and manages that distance and stays away. And he didn't. He just snuck his head just on the outside of that punch, and then went and then went right back in and closed the distance on the clinch. Super smart. Definitely something he's seen before, and they were looking for because he it, it was too instinctual for him just to close the distance and get there. So, I I didn't expect that man at all. It was it was fast. Well, it did it look like fast. what I thought it was going to look like if he got a takedown though. If he got the takedown, that's exactly that's what I thought it would look like. That's what I thought it was going to look like. And then when you look at um, Cyril Garn's record, he's never fought a wrestler before. Has not fought one single wrestler in his UFC. Dante Mays, Tana Boza, Dos Santos, Rosenstroke, Volkov, Derek Lewis, Nganu, Tuavasa. All strikers. All strikers. All strikers. And what Cyril Garn did is because... He hasn't fought a wrestler. He hasn't fought a jiu-jitsu guy, a strong grappler, and he hasn't had to learn the mistakes. When you get taken down and you're against the fence like he was, you're wall walking. Mm -hmm. And you have to keep the, your head and your back against the fence at all costs. And you lean into that and you shimmy up. It's called a wall walk. You can get a wizard over or an under overhook, sorry, post in one hand, kind of pull yourself up, but your head has to be higher than their head. If right. they've got the top position, if their head's higher than yours, you're in the danger zone. So that's why you get that overhook. You use your shoulder. You put weight on it. You hear people call him wizard. But it's not just a case of putting it there. You're turning and using your body weight to drive them down so your head's higher than their head. They and But he didn't do that. He leaned forward. You don't lean forward. But why? Because you're giving a guillotine up. Simple well, well, you as don't that. do it without fighting the hands either, even if you're going to. You got to fight the hands. You you should never have anything come between you and the fence when you're trying to get back to your feet. No way. And that's and 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 John never gave him an opportunity. I mean, he was on him quickly. And you know, John hasn't he hasn't had that kind of killer instinct in a while where he's just attacking, attacking, attacking. Oh, he, was, he, he was, walked him down from the opening bell. He was all over him right away. He did. He gave him no space. He never get, didn't give him any time to get his. He didn't get into a flow, any kind of groove. He didn't. No momentum. It, he was all over him. As I say, 
Cyril was kind of a, a victim of his own success because of the, the matchups. You know, right. like I learned what I just spoke about there because I fought wrestler after wrestler after wrestler from Matt Hamill to Richard Evans to all kinds of people, you know, but that was two fights consecutively. I fought a lot of wrestlers, a lot of jujitsu guys. The, the Europeans or the British can't wrestle. Take them down, take them down. So you learn that. And when you haven't had to fight um, a grappler before, you're not forced to learn that. You don't learn the hard way. So it's a shame he will learn from that. He will get better, but he made some crucial mistakes. He made some crucial mistakes. Now, so well and good saying that. He was beaten by Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou took him down, but he's not a jiu-jitsu guy. He doesn't have the submissions and all the rest of it. We know what Ngannou's like. John Jones is very versatile. It's very diverse. He can win the fight anywhere. He can win by submission. He can take you down. He can ground and pound you. He can beat you on the feet. That's what makes a great champion. And that's what makes him the greatest of all time. But before we get into the, I mean, there's not much else to say on the fight. I mean, because you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's tough. He didn't allow Cyril to get into a flow, to move around, to get going, to find his mojo, to build any momentum. He Zero back down, and forth. He took Zero him back down and forth. <laughs> and choked him out. And I feel sorry for Cyril because it's almost embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, that's a tough one. That's, you know, if you go in there and you just you, there's some back and forth, and, and they're just ahead of you the whole time, and you just get beat fair and square, like that's easier to live with. But he wasn't in that fight for a second. Like, I'm not sure he feels like he's probably in a he was in a fight. It just there was zero back and forth. It's just John Jones came in, walked him down. He threw one big shot. John slipped it, grabbed him by his body, mm. rushed, you know, drug him forward, and choked him. I mean, that's it, I saw. <laughs> I saw an interview with Cyril Garner. I'm not sure if it was at the post-fight presser. Probably was, but I remember seeing it on my phone. And uh, he said, the Francis Ngannou loss never really hurt and didn't feel like a loss. Well, yeah, because he went five rounds and it was Mm -hmm. an entertaining fight and he was in the fight and he had some success. He says, but this one against John, that really hurts. It feels like a loss. And of course it is a loss. They're both losses. But that's why what we just said, that's why that one hurts. Because you feel he was confident. His team was confident. Fernando Lopez, great guy. I had a long conversation with him last week. They were so confident. And when you go out there and you get taken down, choked out in two minutes and four, you don't land a single set uh, strike. Most of that two minutes is you getting taken down, being controlled, and then you get choked out. It's for the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. There would have been life-changing money and opportunities going forward. That's all out the window. It's going to be a long time before he can rebuild himself. You know, three, four fights maybe. There's yeah. other contenders. We got Steve Miocic coming on the show shortly. Yeah, those it, ones. It probably do feels like feel he doesn't like belong. A loss. Yeah. Um, what's the worst loss of your career, Anthony? If you don't mind me asking. The one that hurt the most. Um, probably John. Probably John. Just because it was yeah. the biggest. You know, it was everything I'd ever wanted and worked for, and and didn't get it um but i didn't feel i i bet cyril feels worse because it at least i like i i i had some time like i tried you know what i mean like but i never yeah. felt like <clears throat> i've never had a loss where i feel like I, I can't beat that guy you know like maybe it's i got a lot to work on i got a lot of things i gotta get better at i gotta change some stuff but like i can beat that guy there's no way cyril feels that way you know, that sucks. Like, that's probably why it hurts. It's like, that's a guy that I can't beat. 
And that's where I'm going with this as well. And it sounds like I'm really raining down on Cyril Garner and I'm not, because I've got so much respect and he's so talented he is, mm-hmm. but he's got some deficiencies that he needs to work on now. You know, listen, yeah. I guess the guys I just mentioned, he can go in against them all day long. But a Curtis Blades, a Tom Aspinall, a John Jones, a Stipe, they're going to grapple him. And I guess when John said he's the most incomplete in the top five, he had a point. Um, but yeah, my losses of which there's definitely many. You know, Dan Henderson, when I got knocked out cold, I was doing all right. Got mm-hmm. caught, got knocked out. Um, what else? What other ones? Kelvin Gastelum, when I got knocked out there at the end. Well, I had no business being there. I just fought two weeks before and got right. choked out unconscious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's that. A um, couple of decision losses. Decisions are decisions. You know what right. I mean? Some of them are split. Some of them are close. Like the Glover like fight that. doesn't bother me at all. I've never, I've never, even, I've never thought because it was about a great it. fight. You looked amazing in the first round, and again, again, I hope Cyril doesn't see this because right. I do respect him. But it, yeah, I un- basically we're. What's I was competitive through three. Yeah, I was competitive. We're through elaborating three. on what he. We're elaborating on what Cyril said. This feels mm-hmm. like a loss. Yeah, uh, and I understand why. Now, I got to say, let's talk about John. He, he milked to that moment. You know, yeah. he's a star. He knows how to play it. I thought the post-fight interview where he said, Yeah, I want to see me beat him, Steve Bay. (laughs) Like that. Do you know what he should have done? He should have done it again. Y'all want to see me kick Steve Bay's ass? (laughs) Even louder. Yeah. That's what I would have done. I I thought the the goat thing at the end, he was like, what did he say? Oh. Last thing. (laughs) Like, like, okay, that was cool. That was yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, he did a good, good. He came on the post show too. Uh, he came to the desk. Um, and it was just John Anik, Michael Eaves, and John. There was, wasn't room for all of us. So, um, yeah, I thought he did a good job up there too. You know, he had a couple tough questions that he, that he fielded pretty well. Um, overall, man, I think this is a, about as successful as a fight week in general as John Jones has ever had. Um, I think his his stars is brighter is as bright now as it's ever been. So uh, it's it's good to be in the John Jones business. Did you? Uh, I saw a little thing on Instagram before. Um, Dana was asked, or was it John was asked? Because John was going to an after party. Yeah, you know? Dana said wanted to charter him a flight and get him out. Yeah, of Vegas. he's like, no, I want to get him straight out of Vegas. You know, and he's like, no, Dana doesn't need to worry. I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna have some food. That's all you did, John. That's the lamest after party ever. Joined us <laughs> yeah. at a circle bar. Um, anyway, so well done to John. He'll be back against Stipe Miocic. We're going to go into all of that stuff with Stipe. No point repeating ourselves. So we'll move on from that because the fight was so short. John was so impressive. That's about it. That's we'll, it. Uh, we'll readdress when Stipe comes and joins us. Um, co-main event, Shevchenko lost a belt. After all us talking about the bloody rubies, you're completing we the set of rubies. She falls at the final hurdle. I know. So does that mean, and I think it does, that next time she starts back at one ruby, right? Because she'll get a different belt. Yeah, I think so. I think she's got to start over again. I think she's got to start over again. Wait, I, honestly, she probably doesn't care about no damn ruby. She just wants to be the champion of the world. But I thought it would have been really cool to be the first one to to fill all the rubies on that one belt. But I do think she gets a new belt and has to start over. But you know what? And we'll move to the fight in a second because who cares about the rubies? That's always... Let, let's just say Shevchenko comes back, 
beats Grasso in the rematch and then continues to win a few more fights before retiring when she's all said and done. Because most fights, if you if you lose them, you know, like I lost to Vanderlei Silva. Never gets mentioned. Buried into the archives of all the fights that happen all the time. There's lots of them. You know what I mean? They get buried. They don't get mentioned about very often. You know, oh, mm-hmm. remember when you lost by that split decision? You know what I mean? Yeah. No. She'll look at that belt and it'll all be red <laughs> apart from one Except that sticks one. out. The yeah. cubic zircona. <laughs> Catching the light, reminding you of Grasso. Um, all right, let's get into the fight. So, Valentina was so gracious afterwards on the microphone, right? She congratulated her, and that's why people love her. She's a true professional, and there's no drama. I thought she looked flat. I thought the output was surprisingly low for Shevchenko. Grasso thought fought a great fight. It was close, don't get me wrong. Those takedowns from Shevchenko, the way she timed them under the lead right hook or left hook, whichever one it was, I think it was a lead right hook, timed it perfectly, sat her down. I thought Grasso did a great job getting back to her feet. Grasso was the better boxer. She was far more effective on the feet, more aggressive. She was fighting like a challenger or a contender that wanted it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and Shevchenko, yeah, sure, she was trying to counter. She was taking her time, but... I don't know. I, the output was a little bit too little for me. Yeah, I, I thought so too, Mike. I, I, the output was low. I thought I, I, I agree. I thought Alexa Grasso was winning the striking exchanges. I don't know what the numbers look like because uh, Valentina was kicking a lot. So I, I, I think that skews those numbers a little bit. But just the boxing exchanges, I thought Alexa Grasso, especially in the first round, she hit her hard a couple of times. And I think that's what you have to do with Valentina. You got to jump on her right away. And, and let her know that she's in a fight. We were two minutes into the first round, and I realized, oh, I was really wrong. I was really wrong on this one. Like, they were they are very well matched. Uh, and I realized that right away. But it, Valentina was getting takedowns, but she wasn't, she wasn't doing crazy damage. She was doing enough to not get stood up repeatedly. But Alexa Grasso was constantly working to her feet. It, it, she, she was... For the most part, she was holding on and keeping position, but she wasn't being really damaging or attacking submissions. Um, Alexa Grasso, you know what I did miss? I, I even rewatched one of her fights with Macy Barber before I even left to go to the show, and I had completely missed her physicality. And I thought that Talia Santos was probably the most physical contender or, or, or person that Valentina was going to have to worry about. But rewatching that Macy Barber fight kind of changed my mind. Um, because she was so physical and so imposing in some of those clinch situations. But even on the way over there, like, man, maybe she's going to be tougher, like, in some of those, just physicality-wise, she's going to be, maybe she'll be tougher than I expect. And I think that was the case. But I, I keep comparing it to this, and I know that it's it's not fair, and, and Juliana, Juliana Pena is going to punch me in the face when she sees me for saying this, but when Juliana Pena beat Amanda Nunes that first time, when they walked out of that octagon, I felt like, Amanda Nunes is definitely the better fighter, and I think she got she beat herself here. I'm not sure that Juliana Pena had a lot to do with it. You know, as far as obviously she had to be there. She had to. She stuck in She's there. She's definitely was, got to punch you in the face for that one. But I agree. Well, I don't. I, I don't know what I. I don't know how to say it any nicer. But Juliana Pena is super tough. She is. is she. She has a lot of dogs. Without question. And and she put it on Amanda. But I felt like that that was Amanda's mistake to let her in to do that. And. That's how I felt, and and when they go in and they fight the second time, I think that that confirmed what I what I believed. I didn't feel like that when Alexa Grasso and Valentina left the octagon. 
I felt like these two are very closely matched. And if they rematch, it's probably going to look a lot of the same. Now, does Valentina get yeah. caught and make a mistake and spin in the midair within range to be grabbed and get her back taken and choked? I don't know. But I don't think it looks vastly different if they do it again. I think it's going to be another really competitive close fight. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think Valentina needs to use the skills that she has. You know, mm -hmm. she she is a good kicker. She weren't using them as frequently as I would have liked. She's a great kickboxer slash tie boxer. The art of the eight limbs, right? Yeah. Eight different weapons, punches, kicks. Does her movement look down to you too? Down? She what do you mean down? She's not. She seems so much more flat-footed. Like she still has the bounce. Yeah, I mean, she was doing that, style. That, that, that a traditional Thai boxing stance. She was kind of yeah. like that, not moving whatsoever, and that's very old school. I always try and mix in. All right, I say you, the fighter should try and have the footwork of a boxer, but throwing the attacks of a Thai boxer slash uh, kickboxer. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You incorporate the movement. Of, you know, because Thai boxing, you just stand there. It's a dick measuring contest. You both just stand right. there and just fucking hit each other. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Boxers move. Look at Floyd Mayweather. You need to incorporate some of that. Faints with the movement, all the rest of it, dancing, jigging, jiving. There was none of that. There was none of that at all. She was waiting. She was countering every time. She was landing good takedowns. But yeah, the output just in general, whether it's strikes, whether it's movements, flinches, takedowns were good, but they were very, very good. Um, but because Grasso wasn't really a takedown threat, you know, it's not like she had to minimize the kicks. She was throwing kicks, but they weren't doing too much damage. They were nothing too significant. I was surprised. But the finishing sequence was beautiful. The way yeah. Grasso finished that fight and the fact that her team identified that, listen, you, when you turn your back, it's always dicey. Anytime you spin, you present the, the, your back. You never want to do that. Of course, you always want to be looking at your opponent. Anytime you spin, it's dangerous. They call that a sacrifice move because you're sacrificing position, just like a throw. Sometimes you can call it a sacrifice throw where you may end up on the bottom, you know? But grass on the fact that they apparently were waiting for that and timed it yeah. is amazing. And jumped and on her like a goddamn her reaction, spider monkey. Her reaction time. Wrapped those arms. Oh, to, to 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 even see that just on the on the spin she she was it's like she was waiting for that opportunity and as soon as she when she jumped right on her and the you see the picture uh of the finish when so Grasso's on like she's kind of on the chin a little bit like it yes, wasn't all the right. way in and she's squeezing and squeezing and squeezing she finally gets the finish and when she releases from here up looks like Valentina has got the worst sunburn of her life because her face is so red from the blood being cut off. Oh, I, I have seen that picture. But here down, it's completely white. You can see the line across her face from where the choke was, where it just forced all the blood out of her face. It was, It's nasty. It's 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 crazy. Cool I hope image. I hope I was explaining that. I hope Brian was looking for it. Brian, dig insane. it out. Find it pronto. Uh, yeah. Listen, uh, call it what you will. You can maybe call it an off night. All right, you know, here it is, right the, here. The actual finish there. No, wait till she. It's not a pigeon, Brian. I think the oh, wait, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to see it when she lets go. Now, look at her face. Yeah, oh, you can kind of see it a little, little bit there. there. Yeah, yeah but well done to Alexa Grasso. You know, for sure. That's three champions now. What is it? So they've got Brandon Moreno. They've obviously got Grasso, and then Yair Rodriguez yeah, yeah. as an interim champion. Mm -hmm. So Mexico really showing up now, starting to make a difference. Um, yeah, Shevchenko, you could say it was an off night. Yeah, I, and yeah, that you could. sounds so bad to say. You could. I say because it's not fair. Alexa Grasso was the the rightful winner, and she earned that fight. 
But if you're in the camp of Shevchenko, here's what you, you'll say. Well, you made some mistakes and you had a bit of an off night, you know, because when you find at the highest levels, that's why it's always so impressive when a, a George, St. Pierre, a John Jones, anybody like that goes on these ridiculous runs because they're all, oh yeah, look at that. You're absolutely <laughs> right. That is insane. insane. Um, the ability to win when you're having an off night. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's yeah. what makes them so special. So commiserations that's I, to Shevchenko. That's what I've always said about John Jones. That, that That's one of those things where you, in a sport where you have to be perfect every single time you go out there, and if you're not, you lose. For him to be, there's no way he was, you know, we've seen him have lackluster performances and still figure out a way to get the job done. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, I think that just is one of those things. I, I think Valentina Shevchenko just showed you can have, like, that's that her losing makes John Jones in his run look crazy. Alexa Grasso, by the way, well, 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 so I was sitting next to Marvin Vittori watching yeah. the fights. So we put some money on some of the fights. We always do this. I think I, uh, we better to get somebody at Madison Square Garden once just for a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, and he paid me right then and there on the spot. I sat down Saturday night and he goes, right. What fight was it now? Oh, Drigas Duplessis uh, versus Derek Brunson. Yeah. hundred dollars. Who you got? I said, I've got Brunson. He goes, well, so have I. I said, well, do you know what? I said, just, just to make it fun, because I thought Brunson would out-wrestle him. Yeah. I said, just to make it fun, I'll take Duplessis. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. took your 100. We'll make it, so I'll take Duplessis. Duplessis wins, right? <laughs> then we're going against Jalen Turner and then Mataj Gamma. He says, can, 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 can try and let me win that back? He said, we'll do double or nothing. I said, I said well, you know... Um, what did I say? He said, I'll take Jalen. I said, I said, well, I was going to take Jalen. That's my boy. I said, but whatever. I'll go Mataj Gamrock. Gamrock wins. Right? <laughs> and then, and then, and then I go, and I said, you know what? To make it fair, we'll go in. I said, we'll put it all on. You can have Shevchenko and I'll take Grasso. No way. <laughs> Grasso wins again. Right. And fucking Vittoria is losing his mind. So I went, right. Okay. We'll put it all on double or nothing. I'll take Cyril Garn just to be, you know, just 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 to, for, right, to have some fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and he would have owed me like six hundred dollars, but then it ended up with nothing. <laughs> nothing. Because John won, obviously. Um Shavkat Rachmanov, Jeff Neal, what an absolute goddamn war. Yeah. Jeff Neal. Listen, Shavkat had all the hype. If you follow the sport, you know about Shavkat Rachmanov. You know what he's capable of. He can get the job done everywhere. He's got no weak areas. He's tall. He's long. He's rangy. He's well-versed on the feet. He's a phenom. He's definitely a name that you're going to be seeing a lot more of. And Jeff Neal is a great fighter. But, you know, certain parts of the world, Shavkat is the talk of the town. Jeff Neal showed up and let him know he was in a goddamn war. Hit him. Rocked him. Yes, he lost, but I thought Jeff Neal gave a really good account of himself. Uh, the boxing was beautiful, excellent timing. I mean, some great combinations from both men. Loved it when Shavkat, though, he would get cracked with some massive hard shots, and Shavkat would just laugh. He would yeah. just go, Come on, give me more, brother, brother, do what is this? <laughs> what a fight. Yeah, you know, I, I've never seen Shavkat hit that many times. You know, he's been so dominant. If he wants a takedown, he gets it. If he wants to stand and strike, he he just does, and it's pretty flawless. But Jeff Neal made sure he was in a fight. It did seem like Shavkat made that harder than he probably could have, or he made it harder than he should have for sure. Um, and, and it's like he enjoyed being in that fight. I, I feel like he needed that. He needed that battle. He needed that war. It was like he was craving to have that because he could have kept 
I'm not saying he would have gotten a takedown, but he could have initiated more into the takedown part of his game and, and slowed Jeff Neal down and, and not been such an exciting fight. But because both of those guys were willing to fight that way, it made it an amazing fight. And I'm really glad that Jeff Neal, even though he missed weight by a pretty large margin, still was oh, given yes. the bonus, which I mind. think that's so cool of Dana to even mention, listen, if you miss weight, we're not, you're not bonus eligible. We're not giving you a bonus, but I'm going to give it to him because there's no way you don't bonus that guy after that fight. I thought that was super cool. Dana. Yeah, no, no, it was, it was, it was amazing because it was an incredible fight. And the good news for Shavkat is 17 and all, and they're still all finishes now. That kind of exposure on a pay-per-view after a fight like that, only mm-hmm. big things. So Jeff Neal was number seven, I think, right? So I that puts so. Shavkat uh, probably seven now. Only big fights. Only big fights for him next. Sounds like he wants I'm, Wonder Boy. That'd be a good matchup. It's a good fight. Ooh, yeah. that's a good fight. That is a good fight. Love it. Love it. All right, let's just talk about Chalk. C-H-O-Q. Chuck has created a new natural testosterone booster that is taking the sports nutrition and natural health world by storm. That is why I prefer Chuck for several reasons. The reality is the supplement industry is filled with weak, trashy, and dirty supplements. And the guys at Chuck are proud to stand above the rest in clean, pure, and healthy products. Chuck uses full disclosure labeling. They tell you everything what's in there, all the ingredients. There's no label fluffing or underdosing. All ingredients are measured to exact clinical research. Chalk Daily is the cleanest research-based testosterone booster which is available on the market. Now, look, listen, if you're working out, living a healthy lifestyle, but you're not seeing the gains that you want, your testosterone's dipping. The reality is when you get to a certain age in your life, that's going to happen. It starts. You cannot avoid it, right? But you want to keep it natural. You want to keep it healthy. You're tired, testosterone's dipping. Have I got the same libido? Testosterone's dipping. So that is where Chalk is here to help you. And along with Chalk Daily, be sure to check out the Male Vitality Stack and the Stack Ultra. Okay, so Chalk is the natural way to boost your testosterone and it works. That's the main thing to realize. So right now, check out by going to chalk.com. Or check it out at chalk.com, choq.com. While you're there, use the promo code BISPING. You're going to get a huge 35% off your order. That is chalk.com, promo code BISPING for a massive 35% off. Um, Mataj Gamrot, Jalen Turner, split decision. What did you think, Anthony? I, I, I thought that Gamrot absolutely won the competition. I think Jalen won the fight, you know, because he was he was absolutely hitting him with lasers from his feet. He just couldn't keep he just he could not keep Gamrod off of his legs. He, and I, I gotta give as much as I love Jalen Turner, I gotta give Grant Gamrod some love here. He fought one of the toughest matchups, I think, for him in the entire division on short notice while ranked ahead of Jalen Turner. I yeah. mean, 10 days notice against Jalen Turner, who's six foot three. At, in a division where one fight can change the course of the rest of your career and you may not ever recover from that because it's so deep and so competitive and these guys are so good. To take a fight with someone ranked three spots behind you on 10 days notice that's six foot three, nasty striker who's shown that he can defend takedowns well already and your kind of only path to victory is to have to get a takedown because I think Gamrod is, is as clear as, as, as everyone else. He knows if he w- could not get any takedowns, he ain't winning that fight. Um I, I, I thought it was a masterful performance. It was a really tough one, though. I mean, 
for him to grind yeah. it out like that. It's what a tough way and, to fight. And I feel and bad Jaylen for Jalen Turner. His stock doesn't go down. His stock only no. goes up because, as you were saying, you're fighting a guy ranked way ahead. I don't think Jalen's ranking will go down. Mm. He went in there against a tremendous wrestler. Sure enough, Gamrot was starting to fade a little bit because he took it on short notice. But still, the man's a cardio machine. We always go back to that fight with Armand Sarukian. Right. Yeah, what an and amazing he, performance. He's just an incredible grappler that could have been the massive kryptonite for Jalen Turner. But Jalen showed he can stop takedowns. He showed he can get back to his feet when taken down. We know he can hurt people on the feet. We know he's got kickboxing skills, range and reach and speed and reflexes mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And sadly, he lost via split decision in a really, really tough stylistic matchup. But all that did, it shows that he can compete with the top level, the elite, the wrestlers. He can even compete with the Islams. Because remember, whilst Gamrot took that on 10 days notice, Jalen took it on 10 days notice. Jalen was training yeah. for Dan, Jalen was training for Dan Hooker. Probably yeah. Not doing any, probably not doing any takedown defense. I mean, probably not. What do you maybe do wrestling? Eh, like, well, let's wrestle a little bit today. Yeah, we'll, we'll, do, we'll hit yeah, it again yeah, next we, week. <laughs> okay. But he wasn't starting every training session on his back. He wasn't no. bringing flying around and sourcing the best wrestlers he can and doing all that kind of thing. Because <laughs> that's what you would do if you were fighting Mataj Gamma, spending months, two months, right from the opening uh, first ever training session. Defending single legs, defending the switch from a single to that, that whole chain of sequences, you know, from a single to a double, back to the single, to a body lock, whatever. You know what I mean? He wasn't mm -hmm. doing that and he still did really, really well. So Jalen Stock doesn't go anywhere, doesn't go down. I believe no. it goes up. I believe I think it so goes too. up. I think so. So too. if you see this Jalen, feel better, don't feel too bad. Great exposure anyway for him. Uh Bo Nickel, Jamie Pickett. I mean, Bo Nickel's gonna Bo Nickel. Yeah. But feel for the guy. He threw his first ever high kick on pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. Fell on his ass. <laughs> He's like, bro, leave the strike into the strikers. Yeah. No, I'm no. kidding. Have you ever slipped and fallen on your ass in a fight? No, I got knocked down there a couple times, but I've never, I don't think I've ever Me slipped. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got put there a couple times, but. Oh, we've no. all been put there, buddy. We've all been put there. People don't realize the blue on the canvas. It's really, really slippy, isn't it? It can be, yeah. It depends on the, <laughs> how many, like the logos make a difference too. Sometimes I'm, individual all, I'm logos always looking are for the logos. If yeah. you get in the logos, the, the advertisements, you know, the sponsors, mm -hmm. that's like sandpaper. Problem yeah. is, it rips the tread off the balls of your feet and stuff it like does. that. And that can be painful, but yeah, the blue bits is kind of slippy. That's why if you don't know everyone, that's why you'll always see them pouring water at the corner. Cause you get your feet wet, you stick to the blue parts of the canvas a little better. So it's a little trick, but it only lasts for like 35, 40 seconds or so. And then it kind of dries yeah. out. Obviously. Well, there's been times where like when I've been the main event, both corners, every single fighter's done that. So like, there's huge kind of wet spots yeah. on the, yeah. so like by the time I get there, if I start feeling like I'm slipping a little bit, you know, I'll stick a jab and then just circle like I'm evading or I'm trying to move around. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll just take a little bit of a flyby trip right there, real quick. If just I really want to dig into something, <laughs> get a little stickiness on your feet. Yeah. Um, Jamie Pickett obviously got choked out, arm triangle. We all saw it taken down pretty quick. Um, <clears throat> he's, I think, th I think he's officially protesting the stoppage, right? Because he was kneading yeah. the nuts. I like Jamie. He's a very, very respectful guy, and he's a talented fighter. 
We've still got a, he's still got a lot, of, lot to give to this sport. They're just wasting time and energy and everyone's yeah. time by doing yeah. this. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's legitimate, though. Look, it looks like it's legitimate, though. Let's have a look. I mean, yeah, listen, knees like that happen. Sometimes, happen. you know, sometimes the referee might miss it. I understand that. I understand he's upset, you know, but it, they can't change. They're not going to overturn the outcome of the fight. No. He got choked out, you know? It, I get it. Like, you took a hard knee. But some of those situations, like, you got to just kind of – you got to grin and bear it through it, you know? It's just – Life. That's how it is. It looks legit. I drove back from Vegas. That. I'm, I'm driving back there in a few hours. It's life. That's so life. Grin and bear it. But it, you can't let yourself react to it because the way his reaction did, his legs came together, made the takedown easier. I get what he's saying. But they're not going to overturn that. You know, I, I thought I thought Bo I thought Bo looked good. I think it was the perfect kind of fight for him to have where he got into <clears throat> excuse me. He got into some of these situations where I think that Mike Brown, those guys are gonna really have some 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 critiques for him and some things they're gonna want to fix right away. Um, because there's some of those things they're not gonna be able to do it at the highest level with some of those guys, but they're all easy fixes because he's a grappler already. Um I probably wouldn't have advised the the flying accidental head kick fall down right away, but I mean whatever you know but there's some positioning things i think they can take from that that you can only find out at game time speed you know i think some of the positioning on the takedown attempt i think he needs some some technical adjustments on the finish um nothing too crazy things he'll fix quickly but the only way you're going to figure that out is is reps you know they they need to be able to see him doing it under fight stress in a game time speed situation so now they see it they'll adjust it and yeah, it's it's very different. Training in a gym, drilling in a gym, hitting pads even with your coach, it's way different doing it in a fight. It's it's one thing to do it in sparring, and then it's another thing to do it in a fight. You know, so it's right. a full evolution of your skills and and the mental side of things as well. Putting them both together, doing it under pressure. Bo Nichols a class act. You know, yeah. I spoke to him last week. He's, he is. He's such a nice guy. He really is. Uh, tremendous amount of talent. We all know this. I was concerned for him because Jamie withheld that choke for quite some time. And I was like, if Bo doesn't get this, because I thought to myself, Bo must, he mustn't be in the correct position. Obviously yeah, wrestling and jiu-jitsu are two different arts. You know yeah, what I mean? That's, and that's one of those things like that I'm, that I'm talking about the, the adjustments yeah, yeah. that he needed to make in that choke are very, very simple, but he just doesn't know them. And he's not supposed to know them. He's only been doing this for a year. He sh- those are the mistakes that he should be allowed to make. It's just tough to be making him on pay-per-view. So um, I think it'll take 10 minutes to walk him through it. I'm sure Mike Brown will sit down. They'll walk him through the adjustments. But as as soon as he got his hands together, it should have been a solid three count and you have a finish. That's that's how it's supposed to work. Um, And either Jamie Pickett goes to sleep or he taps. And and I I was thinking like, man, he's holding on to that for a long time. You only got so much squeeze in you. So... Yep. Uh, fortunately, yeah. he finished, you know, for him. Yeah, I, I thought if he doesn't get that, his arms are going to be dead. But anyway, he got it. Congratulations to Bo. Opened up a pay-per-view. Got a nice reception when he walked out to the crowd as well. People clearly know who he is. I mean, he's getting a big push mm-hmm. from the UFC market machine because they know the potential that he's got. It's crazy. He's only had four MMA fights, and there he is, opening a pay-per-view. Getting an extra so, 50K, too. Got an extra 50K. Nice. Good, Good for, for you, him. buddy. Good for you. 
Cody Garbrandt, Trevin Jones. I mean, listen, I'm happy for Cody. He's a good guy. He's a nice guy. Uneventful fight. He's probably so concerned with getting the win. He didn't want to take yeah. too many chances. I get it. You know, well done. We'll leave that there because I do yeah. want to talk about this at length. Well, well one more thing. Day. One thing on the Cody thing before. We, I, there isn't too much there. I agree. I agree there. I was also I, getting I, margarita at the time as well. So I'm like, not much to talk about that. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> I'm not even going to get into the technical application of how he, how he fought. It's, I don't think it's fair though, that so many people have made fun of Cody Garbrandt and, and they're there. He's posterized as a meme. Why, 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 why are they making fun of him? I haven't just, seen that. Just because he's, you know, he's had some tough knockout losses. You know, so people are, you know, he ain't got no chin. He needs to retire. He doesn't belong at this level anymore. And blah, 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 blah. And I've always said that, like, I think Cody technically is, might be the best guy in the division. He's just had some some defensive responsibility issues. And I don't know if his chin is gone or not, but he's been getting knocked out by the high, by the toughest guys in the world. If he, and if he fought smarter, I thought he would, I thought it would look different. And then, yeah, so everyone's trashing him for getting knocked out. Then he goes in, fights masterfully. Doesn't yep. there's not a whole lot of risk going on there. He's not taking a bunch of different a bunch of risks. It's not the typical Cody Garbrandt that people want to see throwing haymakers and knocking people out. But he goes in there, fights really smart, stays really safe, gets a gets a win, and then people are like, "Oh, that was boring." Like, what do you want? You uh, you want the guy to get knocked out, and make fun of him, or you want him to fight smart and get a win and support his family? Like, you can't can do both. Sometimes <laughs> you know what I mean. And, and and Cody's gone through some tough times. I think he got. Was he married? I think he went through a divorce. Yeah, like yeah, he was going to through Vegas some and stuff, stuff like that. So that's that's really hard. He became the champion of the world in an amazing fight against Dominic Cruz. Yeah. Then TJ Dillashaw knockout. TJ Dillashaw knocked out again. Pedro Munoz knocked out. Gets a masterful knockout over Rafael Rafael Sunsal. Loses to Rob Farm. Get knocked out. Knocked out against Kai Kai France. The man's lost five of five of six. And four of those were via knockout. Trust me when I say this. When you get knocked out, people say when you get knocked out badly, sometimes you'll never come back from that ever again. They said that about me. I proved that wrong. I'm not a special guy. That's kind of the narrative that the people are going into next week with Kamara Woosman and Leon Edwards. Well, can he come yeah. back from that? Yeah, is he going to be different? He probably can because he was a great fighter. And one of the best that we've seen at welterweight. When you get knocked out four out of five times when you're stepping in there, that's a different kettle of fish altogether. That's almost like your brain saying, every time I go in there, I'm getting put to sleep in front of the whole world. Not only am I getting embarrassed, I'm losing credibility, I'm losing money, but I'm doing severe damage to my brain, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you're going to go out there and you're going to fight in a way more safe manner. You're going to be strategic. You're going to try and avoid blows. And anyone that criticizes that, Cody should tell him to kiss my ass, okay? <laughs> kiss Michael Bisping's ass, and you can. Because off. you don't know what it feels like. Yeah. It's bad enough going in there after one loss, the pressure that you feel. Mm -hmm. Going in there after that amount of losses and losing in the fashion that he did, it, it, it's it's... It's, it, it was, I mean, it, it was big enough just to step in there and do it. Fighting mm -hmm. in there alone, you deserve, these people deserve credit, the men and women involved. But when you've lost that many in a row, it is not easy. No, it's not. And, and I, 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 I didn't want to stick on that one too long. I just wanted to give him, give him some like, love. Can we get to Drinkus Duplessis and, yeah, and, let, and him know, let him know we give a shit. We give a shit and we get it. Well, we do. 
where we do it. And I was watching it, but I was getting my margaritas before the main car from the VIP bar. I'm like, that closes Ooh. soon as well. The VIP bar is free. I'm heading up there. It's a bit of a trek. Going to take an elevator. Yeah. Watching the fire on the on the things, you know, the TVs. That's the yeah. word I was looking for. <laughs> Them things. Monitors. Them things. Uh, right. Drink is to Plessy. Derek Brunson. Wildfire back and forth. We all know it. We saw it. I thought uh, Derek Brunson, it looked like he had the job done in round one. It was hurting him. was taking him down. Looked like Duplessis was kind of out of his depth. Turned it round in round two. Landed some great shots. Um, you know, it was back and forth. It was a war. It was exciting. It was sloppy from both men. Duplessis got tired again in the second like he always does. But he got top position. He started landing a lot of ground and pound. I thought he was going to finish him on the feet, to be honest, as well, because he was hurting him and Brunson was getting knocked back visibly, many feet with some of the shots. It was a great fight. Amazing fight. Both of them well done. But the stoppage. Yeah. Anthony, yeah. let me ask you this. I'll throw it to you now. I understand the corner stoppage and I always criticize and say there's not enough corners that care enough about their fighter to throw the towel in. So I commend, I commend them on that. But to throw it with one second left, to me, is madness. Because the fighter doesn't always hear, <laughs> the clapper goes. But the corner does. And the corner doesn't need to hear the clapper because a good corner should have a stopwatch in their hand, right? And looking at the timer and shouting out to their fighter, three minutes, two minutes left, last 90 seconds, Derek, mm -hmm. you know... So they look at that and they might think, we're going to stop this fight. There's one second left. Well, at least let him come back to the corner at that point and have a conversation and say, hey, we're thinking about stopping this fight, Derek, just so you know. Are you, are you on board? Are you on the same page? Yeah, with one you second know? left. I Yeah, I agree. I, I think that... One second. I agree that they should have stopped that fight for sure. Um, but maybe it would have felt better to Derek had they done it in between rounds and said, listen, we're, uh, we're, we're going to get out of here. This isn't going the way that we want it to go. And, and had the conversation with him man to man and let him know that they were going to do it. But I still think it needed to be done. Um, and I agree with you. I think it needs to happen more often that fight, the corners need to stop fights uh, much more often than it happens. So, you know, I just, it's tough. I feel bad for Derek Brunson. He's had a little oh. bit of a tough run right here. He's had a long career. He's 39 years old. You know, he's been in there with some of the best guys in the world. He's beat some of the best guys in the world. Um, you know, his career would even look different today had he got that win over Jared Cannonier. He was on a nice little run there. You oh, know, yeah. he beat Kevin Holland, and and you know, he, I he's put together some magic late in his career. But I think that uh, just at the he's got a lot of miles. It's been a lot of tough battles. Um, the uh, yeah, maybe he just needs to go off and do something else. Which is what it sounds yeah, well, like by his tweet. Why? Why did he allude to retiring? He did. He said thanks to everyone this, that that watched my career, you know, and and so it just mm. it seems like he was hinting at that. He's hinted at retirement in the past, you know, that saying that he wanted one last run, and the Cannoneer thing kind of ended that. So it seemed like maybe this was win or lose. Maybe this would have been his last fight. Um, but I, you know, he's he's been at it forever. He's been he's been at this no. a long time. He really has. And and, and to, to my point, to further reinforce it, yeah, listen, I, I commend corners that stop fights. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, just one second. The fight's going to stop in a – I was going to say a figure of speech. The fight's going to stop in a second. Yeah, literally It's literally one stopping. It's literally stopping in a second. So come back and then say, 
And, and, it, and if Derek was to implore them and say, no, please, I'd say, all right. It, but if you start taking any heavy shots, it's over. It's mm-hmm. done. Because you could have at least allowed Derek, who knows, maybe wanted to carry on. Maybe said, no, listen, I'm going to take this son of a bitch down and I'm going to control him. Mm-hmm. And he said, all right, okay. But just so you know, if you start taking any more damage, it's done. This towel's going straight back in there. But hey, it came from a place of love. So I don't sure. criticize it. Yeah, no, I'm not criticizing. That's not the right word, but it's just, you know, it's a it's a conversation point for yeah. sure. Yeah, maybe there's a different way you could have done it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not criticizing it, but because because obviously they, they did that because they care about Derek Brunson, and mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing to see. Because sometimes some corners, I don't know if they do. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think they, they give do. a shit. Some corners don't care. Some corner men, it's more about them. You know, they yeah. want to get on TV, and I'm not thinking of anyone in spe- uh, in particular right now. I just remember over the years, the many years I've been involved with this sport, I've seen it, and I thought. He all he cares about is, is himself and getting on TV, and you see it sometimes, don't you? They yeah. want to be they argue over who's going to be the one mic'd up. But have yeah. you ever experienced yeah. that your cornerman like having a little bickering session? Because only one of your corner gets mic'd up, you know, so they're going to be heard on TV. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Have you ever experienced that? I'm not going to say names, but I've had no, that. no, I've never had anybody ever argue about it. Uh, to be honest with you, I've I've had like the opposite where you know, most of my coaches and corners don't give a shit about the shine. They're like, oh, I don't care. You wear it. I don't want to wear it. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with the bullshit. I just want to focus on the fight. So I've, I've been really fortunate to always have really important, like really oh, humble yeah. hearing people. Like, I don't need my, the world here in my dumb <laughs> yeah. Nebraska ass. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to, yeah, it's, but usually like now Mark Montoya always wears it just because, you know, he's used to it. He does it more often than anybody else. Well, Mark's the man as well. Yeah. And he's a very, very, very good coach. He really bloody is. I have a lot of respect for him. I love the way he delivers instructions in between the rounds and stuff. He's very good. Um, how long we got until the Steve Looks like we're, joins us? Oh, like 10, 10 minutes. All right. So let's allow Harrington. Well, yeah. this is a breaking news story anyway. You might have saw it on the news today. I was saying to Harrington to bring it. In fact, in fact, let's talk about this because I haven't seen this way down on the prelims. Obviously, we can't go through every single fight on here. There's a bit of breaking news. We've got Conor McGregor trying to go at Michael Chandler. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. We've got Stipe joining us. Uh, Ian Gary versus Son Canan. What a great fight that was. Ian Mm -hmm. Gary is called the future. Got a bright future. Got dropped in round round one. Turned it around. Adjusted game plan using his length and reach. Tremendous stoppage. The combination that he used to stop the fight was with was very impressive. But apparently, Harrington, he had a bit of drama yeah. afterwards. And I haven't seen this video yet. So explain, please. So it looks here uh, in this video like he was actually backstage uh, with family, uh, seemingly like in the parking lot. He has uh, he is his full like tuxedo on with the bow tie, clearly not looking for a fight. And uh, yeah, a fan had a uh, had some words for him, and, and it seemed like he wanted a little more than that. Who's this guy? He's huge. Let's have a listen. Right, well, multiple things to say on that, and I'm not even leading with Ian Gary wearing a tuxedo and a dicky bow. Yeah. What are you doing, Gary? Gary, don't do that. Look cool, wear a suit. 
you're not going to a black tie event. You're going to someone's funeral. Uh, (laughs) That's the black tie event. No, um, for that guy, whoever that guy was, number one, Ian Gary's just been in a fight, so you're a prick, right? You're acting hard. You think you're a tough guy. You want to be an up-and-coming fighter, so you're trying to get a bit of shine. You're a prick. But to do that, because that old lady that was there, that's that mega fan. Yeah. That was the number one fan of Habib. Anyone that started that kind of drama and getting aggressive in front of a little old lady like that who's between them is an absolute piece of shit. Yeah, like, why do you go to someone's job? And, you know, I don't, that guy's not in the UFC. Like, they're not in the same weight class. Like, they're, you're a jackass. You're a jackass. I, I wonder who he was with, though, because that's the loading bay of the Team yeah. Mobile Arena. The only mm-hmm. people that get into the uh, loading bay are staff with the UFC or some affiliated TV program like BT Sport or whatever, you know, journalists covering the sport and fighters, cornermen. The team. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. So I wonder. He's, he's affiliated to one of them. So he might not be able to get a credential for the next one. Yeah. So he did say in that video, it's, it's kind of really hard to hear with the audio, but I was just looking for quotes from it. Uh, the guy who was getting in Gary's face said, I'm a fighter too, dog. I do this. So uh, yeah. assuming, you know, maybe a cornerman or something. So let's go pick on a fighter. So you're a fighter. You want to get in the UFC. You want to get a bit of shine. You want to get a bit of drama. After a guy, because Gary almost got knocked out in that fight. That's yeah, what he was so hurt. Impressive about it. That, that, that was impressive how he was able to come back. I thought it was done because he got dropped. I think it was a left hook. And then the follow-up shots as well were really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so a guy that's just been dazed, p- potentially concussed. He's enjoying his moment. He's got his baby with him and his wife. And you're going to go up and start or try and start a fight or get in the face and show aggression like that. I mean, that is a low individual. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to get you anywhere. That's the thing. Like if you think that you're going to be not in the UFC and you're obviously not recognizable because we didn't recognize you and that's going to get you signed. It's not, it's going to make sure that you don't end up in the back again. (laughs) You're going to be out buying a ticket like everyone else. Yeah. Am I get you knocked the hell out as well? You know 100%. what I mean? On, <laughs> kick it off with uh, UFC fighters. Certainly on fight night as well. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You know, yeah. maybe afterwards is probably a better time. Have you ever had anyone starting any grief with you when you're fighting leading up to a fight? When, when you're in Vegas, like I'll give you a story. It was UFC 114. I fought Dan Miller, co-main event. Um, and I was... I was going down to my locker room, going down to my locker room from the hotel, staying in the MGM, obviously going to go down to the Grand Garden Arena. I'm walking through and there was some asshole, you know, one of those big, massive yard drinks. You know, mm-hmm. you see yeah, those huge yeah, assholes yeah, yeah. walking around within Vegas. Please, t- Anthony, tell me you've never walked down the street with one of those giant yard drinks. No, never. Thank God, Never. we can still do the podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, Brian, bring up an image of one of them real quick, because if for anyone that doesn't know what I'm talking about, they're like, I can't, they're like, they're huge. They're huge Walking, drinks, right. The big Vegas massive, drinks. like plastic containers. Every tourist I mean, has one. Pardon me? Every tourist has one. Yeah, every, 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 every asshole tourist has one. So anyway, I'm walking through the MGM and there's some asshole following me with one of them just blah, 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 talking loads of shit, 
loads of shit and I'm ignoring him and I'm ignoring him and I'm ignoring him. And he goes on and on. And then he said something. I forget what it was. It was something about when I got knocked the fuck out. When you got knocked the fuck out against Dan Henderson, fuck you. And then, and then I was like, you know, and then he goes, yeah. And your fucking stupid wife and kids. And I was like, that was fucking, I just turned around, grabbed him. You know, (laughs) <laughs> just freaked. But pretty hard. I didn't touch him. I didn't, yeah. yeah, those things. When you've got no context, though, next to a human being, if you're short, they're as big as a human being. What about <laughs> you, Anthony? You got a similar story? No, nobody really is. I've never really had anybody fuck with me too bad. Never. He was following me all the way down for ages and ages and ages and ages. Yeah, so in the end, the See, grabbing, I wouldn't uh, end up having a story like that. You're way more patient than I am. There's just, I'd have flipped out right away. <laughs> There you go. Brian's like, for crying out loud, can I stop Googling yard drinks? But well done. Thank you. Yeah, um, I flipped out right away. There would have been no he's following me. The second he got behind me, it's like, going on. on. Flipped out. I'd flipped he's out going right on away. and on and on. And where was my team? Where was my team? My team in those days, well, I was walking down by myself and some UFC staff because they were all giving it one of them to Rampage Jackson. But still <laughs> taking the percentages. Um, so I, I, there was no one with me. I was walking down with some UFC staff. Yeah, I also um, don't go anywhere by myself. So there's that too. Yeah, yeah. And for the audio only listeners, I was signifying oral sex. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then when I got down there, Bert Watson pulled me to one side and because he was like, Mike, there's cameras everywhere. You know, he said, you've been seen on camera, like grabbing a fan. And I'm like, yeah. Do you know what he was saying to me and following me down through the bloody MGN Grand, saying and abusing me constantly? I didn't hit him. I didn't do anything. I just grabbed him by his shirt. I said, listen, prick. Anyway. So Bert was was upset. Bert wasn't upset, but he was like, oh, don't worry. We're we're going to take care of this. Baby, baby, it's hard to get here, Mike. It's hard to get here, baby. It's it's even harder to stay, especially when you're grabbing fans by the shirt. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Sorry, I just got a text there to look at there. So, yeah, anyway, um, Ian Gary, well done on that win. All right, today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Okay, BetterHelp offer professional counseling done securely online. So if you feel there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, then check out BetterHelp. Whatever you're dealing with, BetterHelp has a wide range of counselors for you. If it's anger, addiction, if you're sad, you've been through trauma, you've got anxiety, whatever it is, BetterHelp have you covered. Plus, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available and it's easy to get started. Once you sign up, BetterHelp will match you with your own licensed professional therapist who you can communicate with in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It is not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online and BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matchups. So, It's easy and it's free to switch counselors. If you're not vibing, you don't like the guy, you feel they don't get you, okay, it's easy. And all it is is a quick FaceTime. You can uh, send messages to your counselor at any time. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So it's the perfect way to do it. If you're very busy, you haven't got to sit in the car, drive to the other side of town, find parking, deal with traffic, all the rest of it. So take charge of your mental health today. Go to betterhelp.com slash believe betterhelp.com slash believe you will get 10% off your first month 
betterhelp.com slash belief for 10% off your first month. One more time, you know the drill, sing it with me. Betterhelp.com slash believe. So Harrington, what's going on with these tourists in Mexico? As we know, Mexico's a dangerous place. Cartels are rife. Uh, but I love Mexico. I've been on holiday there a few times. I love Mexico. It's beautiful. I've never been to Mexico. People are fan- oh, it's beautiful. And the people are fantastic. I've had two great holidays there, but it can come with consequences, Harrington. Yeah, so the United States has actually uh, issued warnings about uh, visiting certain parts of Mexico. They put out like a color-coded chart. Like uh, a lot of them are in red. Like uh, the Sonola region uh, of Mexico right now is is a big problem. There is uh, there's fighting between the drug cartels and the the military uh, in parts of even parts of Mexico City right now. We we had that video a few weeks ago of the the doctors uh, getting dragged out of the out of the hospitals to come be medics for the cartel. The latest one, uh, guys who snuck over the border uh, from Texas into Mexico for medical treatment, which is apparently a pretty common thing to be doing. Uh, four guys got targeted as soon as they went over the border. Uh, they were shot at uh, by by these guys here, and they were eventually um, – you know, dragged out of their vehicle and thrown into the back of a pickup truck. This was on Friday. Uh, the State Department has not uh, given the names of the people who were abducted, but there is a massive reward uh, for the the help finding them, uh, their safe return, and capturing uh, the people seen here in this video. Yeah, that's, and that's right now. That's breaking news today. today. That's why. That's why I don't go to Mexico. Uh, so I used to, uh, on my YouTube channel, and I used to uh, send in videos to the podcast, Brantendo. Shout out, Brantendo. Hope you're well, mate. Um, he he was telling me, because the cartels are always up to no good. Mm-hmm. And he said, he his old high school teacher, he was in, uh, they, they were in a restaurant, and the cartel all of a sudden walked in, locked the doors, all with guns. So, right, we're looking for such and such a person. We know he's in here. We know he's in here. Give yourself up right now, or we're just going to start executing people. So oh, obviously wow. no one stood up, and it was his old high school teacher that apparently was a super cool guy, the nicest guy. He was there with his wife and children. He was the first person. They blew his brains out on a holiday in Cancun, apparently. That's where I go, Cancun. Hamilton, uh, just check. Cancun's not on that red list, is it? Because I do like a little Cancun trip. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. No, I'm not going. I'm not going. It scares me. Jason Perillo went there with his ex-girlfriend. Went to an all-inclusive, um, you know, resort. Yeah. What do you do at an all-inclusive resort? You drink some alcohol. Drink. Yeah, you drink. You drink some alcohol. And Jason likes to drink some alcohol, especially when it's free, right? right. So him and his girl, they have a few drinks. They go up to the room. A few seconds later, knock on the door. It's the police. They're issuing him a fine because he's intoxicated in public. Is that what are you talking about? I'm at an all-inclusive resort. Right. We've had a few drinks. We've just got here today. We're tired. We've had a few drinks. I'm taking a nap, and we're going out for dinner. And uh, they got a little argy-bargy, got a little aggressive. And when his girlfriend came over and was, like, trying to calm it down, one of the cops pushed her. So then Perillo flipped out and started, like, mother-effing her pretty good. Right. Uh, him, arrested the pair of them, took them to some crazy cell in the middle of nowhere, put him in one cell, her in another cell, 
and they were there all weekend. They, they were there for a four-day trip. The entire trip, they were in a police cell. That's What's insane. up, Steve Bay? Steve Bay. Let me just finish the story real quick. The entire weekend they were there, she was in a yeah. cell with a bunch of weirdo criminals, and she was worried she was going to get raped. In oh, the end, no. they were saying to him, you got to give us some money. And there were the amount of money Jason didn't have on him. So he said, can I make a phone call? And he called this lawyer, and this lawyer sorted it all out. And anyway, took him to uh, an ATM. They got the cash that they wanted and then dropped him off at the airport. And that was their trip to Mexico. I'm not going. But never mind that. Stipe, you're looking good. You're framed up well. You got it the right way around. You've got the gnomes in the background. You're wearing a yeah. monster T-shirt and you are the monster. <laughs> Thanks, That's babe. The intro. That's the intro. How are you, buddy? Good. Are you guys doing everything good? Oh, yeah. Good. Not bad, man. Not bad. Thanks for taking the time, Steve. I appreciate you, buddy. Oh, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Oh, come on. Come on. You're the guy that's going to take down John Jones. I you loved it, right. what you said. What did you, you say? Right. What did you, you said, uh, oh, yeah, Jones is great. All this. He's never lost a fight. It's a shame he's going to have to lose one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. Um, but what did you think of him Saturday night? I mean, I... There's not much I can think of. I mean, he won definitely a good job. You know what I mean? Like, he did what he was supposed to do. And, but it was only really two minutes, so I really didn't see much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard to get. It, it, we were even having a tough time talking about it on here because it just, you went in, they got a takedown, and that was it. I I got the vibe when we were at dinner on Thursday that you were pretty sure that Stipe or that, uh, that John was going to beat uh, Cyril Gone. Uh, what did you. I suppose. Uh, why were you so sure? You were pretty well, positive it was going to be John Jones. Well, no. At first, it was surreal. I was uh, I, I leaned towards him because he was more active. You know, he did hell of a fighter. And then uh, the more we thought about, it, the more I talked to people, and just I don't know. My my, I kind of was even with it. You know, and in hindsight, you know, it's a it's, you know, the bigger fight, of course. You know what I mean? So. Definitely. All right. Well. Yeah, where it works. Let, out. let me ask that a different way, Stepe. What do you think of Cyril Gone? I think honestly, I think he just got caught up in the lights. I think he just you kinda, don't think it's because of his deficiencies at, at wrestling. Uh I mean he worked on it. I, I know I listen, I, I know John Jones ain't Francis and got him strong, but I think I think he just I think he just he didn't look like himself really. I said he fight a few times, you know, he just I don't know, he just that punchy through was kind of wild. You know, like those punches are later in the rounds when both guys are tired. <laughs> right. You're not, you're not gonna get, you know, you know you can get away with it just because he ain't moving as fast. He just throw it out there. But I think I was talking to one of you, I think maybe that uh, he just threw it just to make some action going because he was kind of thinking back down a little bit. And I think John made him, you know, that's what John was looking for. And John did what he was supposed to. Do you think, well, no, I won't ask it like that. Are you happier that it was John? Like, I think John's probably the tougher matchup, but as far you, you've always, not that I think that you've ever really given a shit what anybody thinks, but, you know, to add that on to, you know, already, he, the, John might be the greatest of all time, right? That's what everybody says. And, and you're always have been pegged the greatest heavyweight of all time. Is it more important for you for it to be John? To, to just solidify that legacy to maybe you know have saying? both of Make those? it stronger, bigger, you know, like just cement it, man. Just really just icing on a cake for me, you know, and he, uh, you know, he's, he's an alpha dude. Listen, he's the best of the best. He's, you know, 
the dude's, you know, the goat. But you know, like I said, he's undefeated. Unfortunately, right now he hasn't fought me, so I, that's gonna that's gonna change. So, what would the approach be? And for, well, first of all, is it is it locked in International Fight Week? I mean, I know it's not locked in in terms of contract. Yeah, but that's what, that's have, you, have you both verbally agreed? I agreed. So right. Yeah. I think he, he was down for it too. I mean, he was saying a lot after the fight and during press conference. So what, it looks like what was going through your mind when you're sitting there with your, with your lady? It was great to see you both at the fight as well. And I never got mistaken for Steve Miocic this week. I think it's because I'm putting a little weight on. It used to happen a lot. I need to get back in shape. Well, when I, you're sitting there and, you, and he, you hear him go, you want to see me kick Stipe's ass? And the yeah. crowd cheers. What are you thinking? I was like, yep. Nope, just going <laughs> to... Put that in the bank. <laughs> We're good. Thank you. you know, there, was there a part of you that was excited that he oh, yeah. that he said it himself? Like you don't have to go ask for it. You don't have to. Yeah, you don't have I mean, to convince was... anybody. You don't have to get go through the UFC <laughs> channels. Like Thanks he's got the damn easier. belt. Yeah, he's got the belt, and he said he wants it. Yeah, no, for sure. It makes uh, it makes it a lot easier, and you know, uh, just I think more of it too. Just man, walking out and just. Getting that feeling again when you're walking out to your seats and the people are screaming and just seeing just that that feeling. I don't know, you guys know it, but not many other people can feel it or understand that 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 like you cannot be motivated. Walking in that place, that place will motivate you, even if you're not fighting, just because just it's just that I don't know, it's just a weird feeling. I, I've never seen you I've never seen you so happy to 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 like get in a fight with someone. You know, like even the Francis thing, you're like, eh, whatever, like We'll go fight him and we'll we'll figure it out. Even even before the first one, it wasn't even that big of a deal to you. But you seem genuinely excited about the John Jones fight. Well, yeah, mostly I haven't fought in like two years, so it's kind of nice to have, yeah. have, have a face with it when we're fighting. So that's more of it too. But yeah, you know, let somebody go like I always do. You know, I'm train my ass off and working everything and come in ready to go and you know walk out champ. Obviously, the last time you fought, you know, it was that tough fight against Engano. You guys are one one. Is there a little piece of your that, that, that that's yeah i'm sure you don't worry about it but would it have been nice to get the opportunity to have the rubber match 100 i actually i did i definitely told my wife i rubber match and you know then they gave it to surreal which you know like i probably wouldn't be able to take that fight because it, it was a quick turnaround for that fight but uh you know it would have been nice to be asked but uh i i told my wife the fight and you know it just it just you know didn't play well play out well and you know, now he's gone, fortunately. And, you know, sure would have, could have. Yeah, what, yeah. No, of course. What, you were you wanted to be in this fight that happened on Saturday instead of Cyril gone. Like, you would have been ready for, for – you would have been ready for Saturday. What what happened there? No, I just – they went a different direction. You know, nothing yeah. – you know, UFC has a plan. And I think they, they, they realized maybe that was a bigger one. Hoping John wins, you know, and he did. Mm -hmm. uh, coming to the International Flyway, it's a bigger fight to, to show. Well, I guess – listen, if I, if I was – Dana White, I guess, or masterminding the whole thing. You got Cyril Garn just won a main event in, in Paris. They had the first one there. So they're building a new market there. So if they put him in a title fight against Jones again, it's a huge event for Paris. Then Jones gets to come, you know, he comes back, he gets a win, he's the champ, put him up against the greatest heavyweight champion that they've ever had in international fight week. It is a bigger fight. I think I think it hypes it up even more. So pay-per-view points coming your way, I would say, Mr. Me out, Um <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Uh, did you? Sorry, Mike. Uh, no, go on. Did you see? Because I've always, I've always wondered, like, how you keep a full time job. You, you, 
you have a beautiful family, you got the kids, you're, you, you live a really normal life. Then also, you know, doing this fighting thing. Did you see John saying, do what, you know, the press conference stuff about taking some time off as a firefighter and, and, you know, did you see any of those comments or do you? Yeah, I, I saw it. Well, everyone brought it up during our interviews today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we're just like everybody else. Yeah, no, it's all good. I get it. I, yeah, I saw it too. On, uh, Anthony, that's why I asked the questions. <laughs> My God, it's embarrassing. <laughs> no, but I saw it on social and uh, honestly, I was like, that that's dumb to say because I've been doing this for 12 years. Nothing's right. changed. I've been a fireman for 12 years. Like, what, what, like why am I going to change? I, you know, what, I'm good. Like, we're good. I'm going to be in shape. I'll be ready to fight and you know, I'm going to be a little bit bigger. And so just, just be ready, man. Listen, you got something coming. So you haven't fought in two years. You're going to come back. You're going to face John. Fingers crossed you get the victory. I will. Are you interested in sticking around? Yeah. No, no, of course. Of course. You know, are you, how long do you think you'll fight for? Because I saw recently, I think I saw a quote that you're happy being a fireman. You know what I mean? And you love that. And and, and I think that's why people really respect you so much, Stipe. You know what I mean? Because you haven't let it change you. You're not bothered about the fame or all the rest of it. Of course, it's fun doing it. We like to challenge ourselves. The money's very, very nice as well, of course. Um, but have you thought about when you're going to retire? Honestly, I, you know, if you heard me a long time ago, I said I would think about retiring after every fight. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, goes. yeah, honestly, I, I just you know uh, we'll see. You know, right now my my mind's on one fight, and it's a fight coming up, John Jones. That's all I care about, and that's all I'm focused on. And you know, once that once that's done, then we'll figure it out from there. But right now, I don't I don't worry about that. So when does training camp start for that? Because what are we in now? We're in March, April, about 16, May, sixteen, seventeen weeks. You're doing. 17, a 17 week camp. No, God, no, God, no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was like, no, geez, Steve, you're going to be in the I'm welterweight work. division by then. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know. I'm actually over 250, so I'm like, I gotta keep that weight on. Um, uh, no, I, uh, you know, I'm probably eight to 10 weeks out, really pick it up, you know, but I, I like to go in, I like to go in camp somewhere decently good in shape because, you know, you're, you're ever days where you're beat up or something, you tweak something, you need a day or two off for a weekend just to like get your mind right, you know, it would just kind of reset the, you know, reset everything just to get back and get your mind right again. So, you know, about eight to 10 weeks usually. You know, Mike, Mike was asking about retirement from fighting. So my wife, we were talking yesterday and, and I was like, well, we're having Stipe on. And she said, do you think when he beats John Jones, maybe he'll stop being a firefighter? She's like, you think he'll just be done with that shit? Like, you, she's like, you really think he's going to be like the heavyweight champion of the world, beat the greatest of all time and then go to work on Monday? And I'm like, yeah, I think he's gonna. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I mean, I, I think, I think uh, my next shift will be after that fight will be on a Saturday. That's no crazy. way. So, so one week in a perfect world, you beat John Jones. You got no injuries. Um, one week after that fight, you're gonna go to work with the boys. Yep. That's a, that's that's, that's, that's mind blowing. That's, that's insane. insane. No, insanely good for all the right reasons. We love it. You know what I mean? Any working class guy loves that attitude. In fact, anyone should love that attitude. The bloody it, fire like station the better appreciate it. And the first woman that calls up because her cat stuck up a tree and the goddamn champ <laughs> that's shows service up. Department. That's service department. We don't deal with that. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. What, what's <laughs> no, the worst call? What, what's what's like, I don't, I don't mean you know, a nasty car crash. I mean, what's the most, is there, has there ever been a time as a fireman you've thought to yourself because of some job that you do and be like, oh, for crying out loud, this is a waste of my time. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is, but you know, that's the job we do. You know, there's some people that just, they don't feel good. You got to take them in, man. You just, you know, you just got to give them that confidence, make them feel better. You know, it might not be a serious call. It might just be 
they're feeling under the weather. You, you don't know, you know, and they're, they're all by themselves. You like, you just, you just gotta be the best you can to make sure that they're good and, you know, take care of them. All right, then on the flip side, what has been the most heartwarming event, you know, that really, you know, reinforced it to you. This is why I do this job. This is why this means so much to me. And this is why I'll be there a week after I beat Jones. I think just the, the camaraderie of all the guys at the station, man, we just, you know, I walk in, they don't treat me any different. You know, they just, they, they belittle me and they make me feel like I'm small, you know, and as they should, you know, I'm a new guy. And, and um, you know, I love everything about it. And just, we all work together, man. And we just, you know, some calls are good, some calls are bad, but just, we're on it together. And I just, that's, that's what I love about it. That's so crazy. It's so, even when we were talking about it on Thursday, just the, your schedule and, and it, I, I, it makes me try to check my own bullshit. Cause me and Mike at the start of this episode, we're complaining about having to travel and then how tired we are. And we're like worn out. And like, you're about to go into a training camp to fight the, the, you know, the, the guy that they have at the top of the pound for pound list, you know, and it like working, working like a normal goddamn human. It makes me like, I was sitting at dinner, like I need to shut up. I got to stop complaining <laughs> about shit. This is stupid. Where did you go for dinner? Catch, catch, catch. Yeah. Oh, catch. See, I love your that average place. fireman isn't going to dinner and catch. And Anthony <laughs> Smith, you're playing it down like you're the most humble person on the planet. Catch is going to be one of the most expensive restaurants in Vegas. I didn't pay. I wasn't paying, so I was good. Yeah, we didn't pay. Yeah. Who picked up the yeah. tab? A sponsor uh, or something? That's, that's managerial responsibilities. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, we are lucky. No, we actually, actually, uh, uh, the next night we went to Carver Steakhouse. Oh, I didn't get that invite. Hours, man. Well, it was a romantic dinner, as you would say. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it was like, all you know, right, it was me right. and the wife. And then uh, it was great. You know, it was uh, definitely price, but we don't go out. We don't go all, all, out all the time just because of the kids and just, you know, having for ourselves and just having enjoy ourselves. It was just nice. You know, I didn't mind, you know. Yeah, no, no. You, you, well, you got to read the rewards sometimes. You got to treat, sure. especially if you're in Vegas with your lady, you want to go somewhere yeah. nice. Um, when you're not fighting then, so for example, the last two years, do you keep an eye on the sports, Stipe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely do. You know, especially my guys fighting, like you know, Anthony and Chris and all those guys, and like, well, John, he's retired now, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, just, I, you know, I watch those guys, like I, here and there. And of course, you'll see it on social media, so I just check up on it. I see a fight that I'm, I'm not watching it, but I just kind of keep tabs on it and see what the I do on the round by round and see what was going on. You know, strike differentials and stuff like that. Yeah, you know that. This is a question that everybody wants to know, and I got to be the asshole to ask, but. You're you're so you you keep to yourself so much and you just kind of do your own thing. You you don't you don't bother anybody. What? But everyone wants like a peek into like what does Stepe do for fun? Like, and I hear that you know like I know, but like when you're not working and you're not obviously you spend a lot of time with your with your family and your kids and your wife and when you're not fighting, you're not training, you're not at the firehouse. What do you do for fun? Like how do you how do you pass the time? Call of Duty. Call of Duty's gaming on Twitch. Twitch? Are you twitching? I used to. I just ever since my son was born, it was just it was just as is impossible because you know he'd be waking up in the middle of the night. So I just kind of had to put that in the back burner for a long time. I might go back to it. We'll see. But uh, you know, yeah, I just honestly, I just enjoy the family and just you know just do stuff around the house and just you know cut the grass when I have to and you know plow the grass. Even plow not plow grass. Plow the uh, try. I mean, just just normal stuff. Like this year, I didn't do it just because a little man. You know, my wife wanted to make sure that you know with work and everything, I could you know make sure we. Uh, we're good now, but I'll, I'll be doing it again next year. Looks like you spend a, bit, a fair bit of time collecting ornamental dwarfs or gnomes in the background. Love them, dude. I have two outside. Actually, true story. There's one. 
at a, at a garden place down the road. They had one that's like seven to eight feet tall. I want it. It's like 1500 bucks. And my wife's like, you are never getting it. So I might, after this fight, I'm getting it. What, what is the thing with gnomes? I don't know. I just always love them. Really? That yeah, that's awesome. Knew that. Like statues and stuff. Like there's like, I'm going to think about, there's another one too, the Sasquatch. She's like eight feet tall. It's awesome. But my daughter might get scared, so I might have to wait till she's a little bit older. We're going to get you some gnomes. Believe us, <laughs> if you have a hookup with any gnomes, send them to the Gas Digital Network, and then we'll get them sent out to Stipe. <laughs> Come on, gnomes for the we heavyweight should, champ. We should yeah, all yeah, pull yeah. our money together, right. and we should oh, buy this we, big eight-foot gnome. Do that gnome. <laughs> I hope he's still heavy. I haven't been there in a hot minute, so hopefully he's still heavy. It was still there when I was there, so knock on wood. All right, prediction for the fight uh, against John. I mean, obviously, you think you're going to win. You're going to come in very positive. But when you look at John Jones, the body of work, what you saw Saturday night, how do you think that one ends? Well, he's telling me he's going to finish me before the championship rounds. It's funny, but it's not going to happen. I see it going the other way. I'm definitely going to finish him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have – I love this. It makes me so excited for this shit. When you look at John, I mean, listen, he is very versatile. That's what makes him so great. I think against Cyril Garn, in many ways, it was a tailor-made matchup, you know, because Cyril being French and not having the wrestling background, it was always going to be a tough fight, right? Everybody knew that. You can wrestle, you know what I mean? You've fought some of the best people on the planet. You've beaten really, really good wrestlers as well. So do you think John can't take you down and therefore it plays out on the feet? And John has never really been a power puncher. So you expect to have a big power advantage, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, listen, if he does for some reason take me down, I'm going to get back up. I mean, I'm not going to sit on the ground. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to do what I do. Like, I'm not fancy. I don't do spinning shit. I don't, I'm a basic bitch. I do basic stuff. And I think that makes it hard for people doing basic stuff because they don't you just, I do what I want to do, but I make people do, go the way that I want them to make them go to make me what I want to do. If that makes sense. Like, I make you feel like you're doing good, but then I, I get you in the way I want you. I put you like into a web. I love that. I love that. And right. I, you know, I think that this is a, I, I think this is, this is like one of those situations where like, we're like at the beginning of the buildup to like the biggest, most important heavyweight fight in history. Uh, and it's just goddamn awesome. You came on here and hang out with us before. And I love that. No, I before we let you go, we're going to have Harrington. Harrington, our producer, went to Twitter. So he might have a few questions of some fans if you've got another couple yeah, of minutes. Absolutely. Um, you know, when you were saying about the greatest fight there, though, Anthony, that trilogy that you had with DC, I mean, that was incredible. I mean, of course, you know, he caught you by surprise in that first one. The second one, it was a mid-fight change. I mean, when you realized the body, oh, was, was that part of the game plan going into that fight, the body shots? You, you know, funny about that. So, you know, I always say social. Uh, can I swear? Is it okay? You swear your right. f***ing head off, champ. Right, thanks, buddy. Uh, you know, I always say social media is a mother. So uh, the week of the fight, we're doing. We do. I was like, what Thursday? Thursday we do. Oh, Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday we do those open workouts. So I'm watching him like do his open workout. I'm like, man, every time he throws, his arms go straight up. His elbows come right up. And I can either hold my and my coach is like, I've been telling you that for the last like you know two years. Been fighting this dude. And so uh, the fight started. You know, I was a little rusty. I just I started out really. I started out slow, but I was really slow. And then uh, the second round, I caught with that one shot. And he winced a little bit. And I'm like, ooh, and. I didn't smell the blood. I usually I could smell it, and I just you know I just kind of backed off a little bit because I didn't want to like I guess you say blow my load and, and be exhausted. And then uh, you know by the fourth round, the third round they actually two of the judges gave me that round, the third round which was nice. And then um, 
in the fourth round, uh, yeah, I just, I just hit it. I'm like, hmm, that was pretty easy. Let's try it again. And then I hit it again. I'm like, oh, now you're in trouble. And so then I was doing everything I could to get to that, you know, different techniques, different combinations just to get to that body. And it kept working. And finally, you know, the last one I hit with that nasty one when he put his hands out and I just angled off to the side, left his chin wide open. Yeah, no, it was a beautiful adjustment. And I got to say, you must have some power because we all know. DC, and I love DC. He's got some padding down there. He's got a little <laughs> pillow. He's got a little shock absorber, but you still got through. Uh, but th but that that is, I would say, the greatest trilogy at heavyweight. Yeah, he's seen. a great guy, though. I still, I mean, we're still friends, which is great. And you know, we did a bunch of interviews together you know, last yeah. week. And uh, you know, he's just a fun dude. He's always laughing. No. That dude's, that dude's I, a bit, like, I thought I was busy. That dude's way busier than me. That dude does not stop. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And DC is one of the nicest guys. He really yeah. is. He's just mm -hmm. funny and warm. You just have a good time in his company. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. And it's lovely to see you guys getting along now. Uh, Harrington, don't make them awful questions. Pick out the good ones. But what have you got for the champ? So I got a good one at the top here. Uh, Sam Uphill MMA wants to know, what is the wildest firefighter story you have? Wildest firefighter. Ooh. Man, I mean, there's, there's a lot. I mean, I was going to say it's probably about a thousand. They're probably all wild. I, I, mean, I mean, yeah, there's always, there's always something going on. I mean, okay. Uh, I mean, so I, mean, follow I, man, I can't really think of one offhand. There's nothing that really sticks out. Okay. So to follow up with that, then I thought this would, would be a good. Jazeel asks, what is the dumbest reason for a fire that you've ever seen in your firefighting career? For a fire? Well, I know I started the. Uh, we thought we had a fire and it was, uh, someone was trying to burn down their house and did an absolutely terrible job. Like the worst <laughs> job I've ever seen in my life. I was like, okay. Well, well, we well, well, we put it out. For insurance? What, yeah, I guess. Yeah. They, and then they've been their garage too. You can clearly see it was not like accidental. It was definitely, you know, I was doing the arsonist and, uh, <laughs> I walked in the house and we got in and like the house, we put it out and it was just like a little burn, burn trail on the, uh, carpet. I'm like, okay. Like, Sweet. Like you just stomped like, it out with like, your man, feet. You did a better job. Just double a bunch of gasoline and call it a day. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, so uh, let me see here. Uh, Postgate, Postage Dew wants to know, how was your experience with the Broken Lizard guys on Tacoma FD, and do you want to do any more acting work after that? Oh, the guys from Tacoma FD, like uh, that Super Trooper guys, absolutely, dude. The funnest time I've ever had. Like, I mean, every time I've done some type of acting, like it's been great. But those what guys, so Steve Lemmy, he, he's not, a, he, what's that? I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar with what you're talking about, Steve. What is this? Super Troopers. Super Troopers. Oh, is that a movie? Yeah, it's like a cult following. It has a cult following, but uh, they have a, they have a show on uh, True TV. It's called uh, Tacoma FD. So it's a bunch of guys at the fire station. Ah. Yeah, it's funny. So, uh, yeah, and then uh, so uh, like Steve Lemmy's awesome. He literally like I was like nervous because I wanted to do good, you know. And he at least sat me down after our first take. He's like, listen, dude. He's like. You know the lines. I know you do. He's like, he was just, he's like, we're, we're in, he's like, your first take, say you kill it, and that's what we want to use. It don't matter. We're still going to do this for another two hours. So have fun, make up shit. I don't care. He's like, improv, just have fun. And after that, man, I was like a wide open book, having the best time. And like, they were so nice and just accommodating and just great people. Honestly, great people to work with. Like, I hope they call me again. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's a match made. In One more, Hamilton. No pressure whatsoever. No uh -huh. pressure, but it has to be good. Okay. Uh, well, Alex Begalik wants to know, uh, you've talked about a, a number of different fights you've had in the past uh, during this interview so far. Who would you say is the toughest fight you've had in your career? Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of tough fights. I mean, of course, the last one was tough just because 
I, you know, I got knocked out. And I think every, every fight's tough. There's no question. I think uh, I think one of my toughest fights was because what the decision was in my first JDS fight in Phoenix, just going back and forth in five rounds. And I literally was in between the fourth and fifth round. I couldn't like my left eye's almost swollen shy. Like I have this massive cut inside of my mouth that I get 18 stitches. I'm really looking like I'm like, why do I do this? This is who fights for 25 minutes. This is the dumbest thing. I could have ever done, and then I literally stood up and legit like eighteen thousand people got to their feet, and I'm like, I get it now. I know. Yeah. Isn't it Crazy. weird? I, I think most fighters, most fighters, if they're honest enough, will, will say that, and I'm sure you do, Anthony. Sometimes, but when I'm backstage, I'm about to go out, and I would look at my coach and go, "Why do I do this again? Yeah, why do I put myself in this situation?" Like, so it's funny you say that. So, my beginning, of my first fight, like first couple, I. uh I was thinking I would walk out, people would be booing me. I'm like, why do you, you don't even know me, dude. I'm a fireman. I try to help people. Like, stop. Like, I'm real, real sensitive, you know? And also, one day it just clicked me. I just, I stopped caring. And now I have fun. I just don't care. You know what I mean? Like, the minute they greased me up and then, like, you know, my mouth going to check my cup and then I walk in the octagon, it's now it's game on. Switch is turned and I'm ready to fight. Like, I literally, I'm, I'm busting balls the whole time until you walk out. You know, I'm going to listen. I'm going to keep it light. We will, we'll, we'll let you go, Stipe. We appreciate your time. Um, good luck in the fight. Have a great training camp. I believe yes, Anthony sir. Smith has got the invite to be part of team. Is it Miocic or Miocic? Miocic. Team Miocic. See, now we can't mess house. it up. All right. Well, thanks. You again, call me Miocic, really... whatever you want. I can call worse at home. So anyway, fucking Miocic. <laughs> I'm getting it right from now on. Miocic. Miocic. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, thanks again. Really appreciate your time, Stepe. No, thank you guys for having me. This is badass. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. We'll talk soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. See you soon, buddy. Take care. And there he is. I mean, he's always a pleasure to talk to, and he's always so humble and down to earth. Yeah, yeah. He's but just that's a different fight for John. He's such a normal dude too. He 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 really is. Like, what you see is what you get. That's Steve A. One hundred percent of the time. You know. Um, I thought it was a cool thing he brought up that JDS fight because that's his wife's favorite fight, and he lost. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, she she said uh, she actually I don't know why we talked about this, but um, I she was sitting across the table and Stepe was talking to some, like Weidman, so we were sitting right across from each other and she I don't remember, I don't remember why we brought it up, but she said she could see that in that moment Stepe realized that he could do it, that he could be like the best in the world. She's seen the change mm. like during that fight and then afterwards it just she said that after that it, everything changed. See, see, that's really interesting because you know fighters most of them that are family men, that's why they do it. That's their why, so to mm -hmm. speak. And the wives, when they support them so much, like your lady, like Steve Pace, like my wife, you know, they're, they're on the journey with you, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, they're not stepping foot in the oxen, but they're also sacrificing their time and emotions. And they're on, and, and, and most ladies that care about their significant other when they step in there they're besides themselves when the fights yeah. are happening and and it's little things like that you know what i mean seeing that their loved one is going through the pain and the misery and the suffering and the sacrifice to go through it he's getting the shit kicked out of him but he's going up against someone like junior dos santos who was a dominant champion you know and you, and, and then and then they see that they go nah nah we're onto something here you know yeah right. maybe yeah. he didn't go his way that night but he knows he belongs. He knows he, he deserves to be here. That's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was a, just a really cool story. <laughs> All right, man. This is uh this is where I have to ditch on you, Mike, because I got to go to this musical. Get the hell out of here. I got. You know, Steve is a busy man. 
is he, he's going to be there a week later. Yeah, in the, in, in, he's gonna I be. Know. It makes me look bad now. People. Like Stipe is going back to work in a week after he, you know, he goes in and fights John Jones, and I'm over here like I gotta go to a musical. Like I, it's yeah, crazy. No, I'm joking, buddy. I'm joking. No, we were saying before, and I'm gonna let you go right now. It's really hard because of our, our professional obligations, but balancing family life. Mm -hmm. When we spoke before, I said, yeah, of course, family comes first, man. So you get out of here. All the best to her. And uh, I'll see you Thursday. Yeah, see you easy, Thursday, buddy. brother. And now you're going to leave me see, with Harrington. See everybody so you, owe me an, you owe me an apology. Goodbye. And there he is, Anthony Smith. And there he is, Steve Miocic. And hopefully there is you after this commercial. All right, let's talk about innovative extracts. And just let's get this done right off the top. They're going to give you 40% of your first order when you go to their website, ie-cbd.com, and you use the promo code MMA at checkout. Innovative Extracts, CBD, veteran-owned. It's located in Pennsylvania and offers a full lineup of CBD and THC products. You know what that means if you're looking for a little something to uh, medicate yourself and maybe a little high at the same time, then... They've got you covered. They own their own farm, so it's all organic. They own their own lab, right? So they guarantee that it is of the highest quality. They partner with GMP certified facilities and use third-party labs to ensure all of their products maintain the highest quality. It's got the best value on the market, the highest quality CBD at the most competitive prices. I'm all interested in relieving stress, aches, pains, improving mood, getting to sleep. That's a big one. All of their products will help with all of that stuff. Their products help improve sleep, improve your mood, reduce anxiety, and give you relief from pain and inflammation. And they've got a wide variety of gummies to suit your taste. Tinctures, gummies, creams, vapes, whatever you want, they've got it. Okay, so if you're looking for something to take the edge off, give you a little buzz as well, then Innovative Extracts has you covered with a full line of dates 8, 9, and 10 THC products that are legal and don't require any medical card and they're available to ship to most states. So check them out. You will not be disappointed. Go to their website, www.ie-cbd.com to get 40% off when you use the promo code MMA. All right, it's that time of the show where we're going to do some questions. But sadly, today, we've only got one question from good old Kiki. Um, not because we don't have a number of questions. People do send them in. But the questions that people are sending in, and I'm sorry to say it, please, come on. We've got one guy asking about, have you ever farted in the octagon? Do you know what I mean? Like, what are we? Are we at high school? Some of the questions are just <laughs> stupid. They're just stupid and silly. So come on, guys. You know, we're, we're not going to waste our time and your time. Have I ever farted in the Arctic? Well, we've all farted. Everyone's farted, you know, and, you know, apart from my wife, apparently. Never, never heard of fart in 20, 24 years. She says she doesn't fart. No. Anyway, um, so if you've got a question, please ask us a real question. If you're going to go to the time and effort of recording yourself, which we do appreciate because we like the interaction, but come on, man, ask a decent, intelligent question so we can have a conversation about it. But in the meantime, if you do have one and you do want to do that, send it in, please, to bympod.gmail.com. 
And if you're watching the show, sorry, listen to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts, make sure you're subscribed on those platforms. Leave us a five-star rating, positive review. It helps us out on those platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you hit that notification bell to find out whenever a new video drops. And if you want to catch over 400 episodes that aren't available anywhere else, ad-free and completely uncensored, head to gasdigitalnetwork.com. Use the promo code BYM. Get yourself a seven-day free trial. Check out over 20 great shows on the network. All right, Brian, what do we have? It's Kiki. Hey, Bisbing. Hey, Anthony. Hey, Brian and Harrington. This is Kiki with another video question. So I was wondering, do retired fighters or even active fighters still get paid pay-per-view points on their older pay-per-views? Do you get any royalties of any sort? If so, how long does that last? Like, could Chuck still be getting pay-per-view points for his old fights in the UFC? How does that work? I was watching John Jones's old fights before he destroyed Cyril Gaon, and it made me wonder if he still got paid for those older fights. Appreciate you guys. Loving the content. Anthony, you're rocking it on ESPN. Keep up the great work. Bisbing, you too. You know, do a good job too. Thanks, guys. Bye. Jesus, Keith, he's like you threw that one as a sympathy shot. Um, you get paid pay-per-view. You don't get royalties on the fights after the fight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, um, when I fought George St. Pierre, that's by far my biggest fight. Did very, very well. You know, I did, did very well. You know, there was some good life-changing money from that one. Um, and it, it takes a while to collect it all, so it feels like it. But, yeah, no, no, sadly. Like, when I have acted in movies, you get little uh, residuals. You know, you get little checks here and there. They're not much. I mean, if I was Vin Diesel or someone like that, they would be massive, you know. Uh, but I'll get, like... So we, we play a little game because I haven't done a lot. I think I've got about, I don't know, 17 acting credits, something like that, which, you know, it's not bad for a knucklehead. Um, and every time they get shown, you get sent a little bit of cash. It's not much. It is not much. And, and we get a few. Well, no, I went away to Australia, came back. I had about six of them to open, you know, and I'm like, all right, what do we think? What's our guess? Seven cents. Sometimes it's 0. 0.3 cents. <laughs> you know, it's like it costs way more money uh, to send it to me than what it costs to uh, than, than what they're paying. You know what I mean? Like 0. 0.3 cents. I've had one for that. And I was like, oh, this was pleasantly surprising. One was for like $37. One was 123 or something like that. I was a couple of, you put it all together. I was like, oh, that's nice. We've got $200. Uh, so yeah, so no, no, that's not the way it's set up, sadly. But uh, but that's the only question we've got, Harrington, unless you've got a question for me. Uh, no, I just, I was thinking that's a fun over under the postage stamp. Like, is this royalty check going to be yeah, more yeah, yeah. than the postage stamp? Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there is a ton of news, some really good stuff in the notes, uh, Harrington, you know, uh, we'll get to a lot of that stuff on Thursday because, uh, I'm going to do a shorter show as well. I mean, we've done almost an hour and 40 minutes there. So it's not a short show, but we've definitely done longer, but I'm going to drive back to Vegas. In a couple of hours, I'm going to take Lucas to jujitsu, get to spend a little hour or two with my son before I bloody disappear again for another full week. Thursday, and by the way, thanks everyone for sticking through Thursday's show because I was frozen like Elsa for most of the show. <laughs> you know, to quote one famous Israel Adesanya, Adesanya, depending how you know how much you listen to Ariel Hawani. Um, but Thursday, and I saw in the comments, I was like, 
Bisping so cheap, why doesn't he just upgrade to the better Wi-Fi? If you don't think I tried to do that, <laughs> you are out of your mind. Oh, the you guys are geniuses. They're amazing. I never thought of that. <laughs> never thought of that. Tried to do it. The hotel was so crappy, it didn't work. Trust me, but where I'm going Thursday, I know for a fact, it has good Wi-Fi. So we will be back on Thursday. See you then. Thanks for watching. All the best.